Inside Westminster, Chapter 210, Rebel, Rebel. Potty wished more than anything that he had been careful about what he'd wished for. He'd realised long ago that his own life had morphed into some sort of Greek tragedy, what made his own so uncannily similar to the supposed heroes who peopled these myths was his hubris. That quality, or more accurately described, character fault, had led to his crashing demise and he was actually wondering how much longer he'd bared the titles, Prime Minister of the United Kingdom and First Lord of the Treasury. How weird, he'd thought more than a few times, that this bullshit which I filled my head with is actually coming true. He'd also wondered what cosmic forces had been at work when, within a few weeks of his ascending the throne he'd dreamt of all his life, the dreaded virus had descended like some mythical plague. He felt like Sophocles' King Oedipus, trying to work out why catastrophes were striking his world. Was some ancient trying to tell him something about his own leadership? Was this his punishment for a lifetime spent never facing the truth, avoiding responsibility and always, always playing to the popular vote. Why couldn't he be more like Calchas, who knew what is, what will be and what had happened before? Would he forever be portrayed in tomes recounting his reign as being like King Agamemnon, whose fault had been that he had not known the before and the after? The pressing question that would be poured over for years to come would forever be, could this catastrophe have been prevented? Potty had hoped the coming years would be filled with future generations marvelling at how Potty was indeed a great man, how he'd stood up to the European bully boys and how he'd taken back control so that this great nation could forge her own future unfettered by the narrow-minded EU bores. He'd be up there on some pedestal or plinth, smiling down magnanimously, grown beneficent in his in the bounteous age he'd created for the UK. Now he was not at all sure. The pandemic had ripped his election manifesto to shreds. Levelling up seemed to have become a joke. Brexit was driving the whole nation to a nail-biting nervous breakdown, and his own leadership had been the epitome of the opposite with countless U-turns and accusations from respected colleagues, let alone arch-enemies, of his own personal weakness under pressure, to the point where his girlfriend appeared to be wearing the trousers, and, of course, the mounting rebellion of his own backbenchers. All a complete nightmare that he now wanted to be a million miles from. And with that in mind, Potty decided he'd better start lining up people he could blame. But who? top of his list would be that smarmy steam playfair, ex-health secretary and last man standing against his own leadership bid. Hadn't he allowed the dumping of the nation's stockpile of PPE, as it was, was past its sell-by date or something, without organising its replacement? He'd have to delve deeper, as he knew time was running out on his credibility as leader of this great nation. To add insult to injury, the very foundation of his authority was being rocked by stories about the extent of Mandy's power, how she'd been instrumental in the demise of Ben and Abel, and how she was supposed to 
direct his phone conversations, gesticulating wildly at his side and even interrupting, mouthing her objections to Potty, who'd then appear indecisive and flustered. How had it come to this, was the first thought on his mind each morning when he woke, and shite, what about Brexit, was the last before sleep. It was never meant to be like this. He'd dreamt of sunny uplands of power, where every woman would want to be on his arm and every man wearing his trousers. The advice given to Trump during the election sprang to mind. Put on your big boy pants. Bit difficult when it's your girlfriend who's wearing said garment. He'd bumped into Playfair the other day, who had actually told him that it was the best thing that had never happened to him, being PM, that is. And here he was, holding the baby, literally and metaphorically, with no one above him under whose wing he could shelter. No, the buck stopped with him, and he was going to be crucified. And it was now the turn of the Frenchy midget president to turn the screw. Him, with his enviably enviably glamorous wife. How How had he managed to bag her? had become the nightmare of the Brexit moment, throwing final and impossible demands into the mix. No, they'd rather walk away from a reasonable deal than concede to the English, were the last words Potty could remember being said by UK's lead negotiator late that evening. As yet, another stalled day of talks ground to an inevitable halt. Well, fuck them, Potty had said, Exhausted, like everyone, from four and a half years of playing at negotiating when everyone knew it would all hang on the final roll of the dice. Like the game of double or quits that that he had played with his brothers and sisters where the winner ate the cake, literally, and the the losers, well, they went hungry. What's it all been about, quizzed Mandy as her bear slumped despondently into bed. God only knows, replied Potty, adding, sovereignty, or some such bullshit. It all hangs on Maron and how he's going to play to his right-wingers every time. He has to... Potty's voice trailed off, and Mandy realised that her bear had fallen asleep, literally mid-sentence. She, however, was wide awake, having come back from checkers, reinvigorated and full of ideas, the implementation of which were possible now that her arch-enemy, Benedict Morgan and his sidekick... Cain, Abel Cain were no more.